Say, kids, what time is it? It's kind of like watching TV, but, you know, in your car. 104.7 The K, Mikey, intern. What is that? What's that sound I'm hearing? Gosh. You got to turn your mic on. It's not me this time. It is. My mic is on. You know, turn your mic on. Off. Gosh. You guys ever hear the echo? That's because Jay didn't hit his button. That's now we should be. Now we good. Dark side of the stream, episode one twenty two. Mikey intern Jay Stevens in the studio. Jay's trying to tell me that we didn't land on the moon, which is just the most insane. Somehow we can't go back. It's amazing. Somehow with better technology, we can't go back. Hmm. The craziest thing. If I'm gonna call Neil Armstrong, he's gonna come hunt you down and beat your ass. All right, so uh, we didn't discuss the moon landing in this week's episode. We might on a future one. That's right. <laughs> Maybe could be. Uh, Dark Side of the Stream, episode 122 this week was about the Pez Outlaw on Netflix. Uh, what Incredible. A great First right? off, Jay, great, great suggestion. No? This was a fun documentary, a really interesting story about a guy who you probably would have never heard never about heard in yeah. your life uh, had it not been for the toy collecting community. And that's essentially what this story is about. It's about a guy named Steve glue from Michigan, who was a, a machinist. He worked in a, a machine shop, uh, hated it. Um, he also had some mental, simple guy, mental, uh, uh, roadblocks, I guess you want to call yeah, he was it. Very a little simple, bit, very simple guy, very simple, but definitely dealt with depression. He was, uh, uh, uh bipolar, uh, I guess you could say a little bit OCD in yeah. some uh, facets. But when you start to meet some of these collectors, especially the one that was in like, where was he? He was in Eastern Europe somewhere. And he was talking about how collecting is a disease. And I, as a collector. Yeah, you collect records, right? I will, <laughs> He's not far from the truth. Uh, I've gotten better over the years as far as like what I'll go for and what I'll spend money on because I'm honestly out of room. Um, if I owned a record shop, it'd be a different story, but, um, but yeah, it, it is a disease, especially for someone who wants what they want and will do anything they can get. At one point, one lady who collects Pez says she dropped 11 K $11,000 on Pez on guys. one yeah. Pez collectible candy dispenser. One. It's, it's insane. It, it's it's insane. What, what are they actually worth? It's What's, just like let you me know, ask Bitcoin you, and stuff like that. You, what is you, it worth? What somebody will pay for it. You you're know? not... I don't really collect much you glitter. Like I collect glitter. Man. You like toys almost, right? You get, you get, you like, you get a certain thing. Like you, you kind of just gadget. You, you're a gizmos, gadget guy. Right? And you always but, go after like the, oh man, this is cool. Yeah, blah, but blah, I'm blah. not like, oh, I have to have. No, no, no. And you're, and you are yeah. a patient guy yeah. because you're also, you know, not trying to spend a ton of money. What's the most you've ever spent on anything like this? Like collectors wise. Did you ever spend a lot of money on a record, a baseball card, a guitar? Uh, I have a, an autographed Peyton Manning jersey that probably, I probably spent a little bit on. I, have um, why'd you why'd you go for it it was a, a signed tennessee jersey with a picture of him signing it and everything like you just certified. were like i'm, I'm yeah i was a up. big peyton manning fan back okay. in the day and i figured that he'll you need know, a hall of famer one day so i've had that i've dragged that around for a long time uh what else i have um some like platinum records gold records like uh and autographed records but nothing like crazy that's about it i didn't like have to have stuff um I've been really lucky in the Here's sense that I've got a lot of really cool signed stuff, whether it's from like the Chiefs or artists. You know, I've got uh, original Pink Floyd UK press, Dark Side of the Moon signed by the entire band. Um, it's priceless to me. Uh, the Smile, which is Radiohead, I got those guys to sign a, a Hatch poster from Nashville. That's also priceless. Dawn of the Dead, the show poster signed by the entire cast. Huge movie for me. Um, so like those things, yeah. Um, 
Records is probably the most expensive one I bought was extremely limited sleep record, but I basically bought it for the cover because I wanted the cover. So in my mind, I looked at it as I was buying an art print that would, I would hang. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I still have a limit though. Like there are certain things that, yeah, I would love to have, but I'm not going to spend that kind of money on definitely not in the thousands for anything. If I come across it, cool. If the opportunity comes up where I can get something signed by someone I love. Awesome. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as hungry and I'm also not trying to make money off of it. You know what I mean? I buy records to listen to them. I listen to my records. Right. Like that's it's yeah. Some of these people, it's a, they're it's, an investment. It's a it's a flip buy. But flip that's game. that's how a lot of these guys looked at this whole game. And we'll get into the Pez Outlaw next. Dark side of the stream on one hundred four point seven. The Cave. One hundred four point seven. The Cave. Mike, the intern, back in the studio with Jay Stevens. Dark side of the stream, episode one twenty two, discussing his pick this week, the Pez Outlaw. So go back to Steve Glue. He, of course, uh, has some o OCD tendencies and he struggling, started collecting struggling with money. Yeah, no money, barely making it work with his family, living in a shack on some farm in the middle of Michigan, hates his job. But then he started collecting cereal boxes and did it obsessively. Like, and he had like, he, like the way I would collect records, like he had a file system of yeah, all these he, different things. And he'd go to the trash cans boxes. and yeah, get all the boxes, go to recycling them. centers, yep. started doing the send in the, the boxes for toys and prizes and like was getting just hand over fist money because he started taking these toys to collector shows and realized Selling he can start making hundreds of dollars doing this he claims which could be not completely true that the whole one one item per household rule change was because of him sending that stuff in. Rule? it could it's be possible could be. Uh, but then once they started doing that he was out and he said that he had enough toys to go to one more toy show and while he was there he came across the Pez dispenser and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And at someone at that show said, you know what? If you're a smart guy, you want the good and you Pez. want the stuff that's real good, you should go to Eastern Europe where they make them. And Some at this point, I had town. no idea. Yeah, I had no idea how this worked. He'd like, never been on a plane or something like that, right? Yeah, he didn't oh, have dude, a passport. Yeah, and like, and yeah. props to his props to his wife and props Ooh, to his son. Man. And we'll get we'll get into that in a little bit. But he him and his son essentially uh uh buy a ticket and they go to Eastern Europe just to find where this factory is, which they end up realizing that it's printed on the Pez dispenser <laughs> box. And so they find it. They go in there, give some guy some cash. We want to buy and some Pez. they're like, yeah, whatever. It's American dollars. We'll take it. Who cares? Here's, here's your box. Backdoor deal. Here's take your bags of Pez, like thousands and thousands of bags them. Bags of Pez. The reason why these were so sought after was because, and I didn't know this either, Pez USA is its own company, and then Pez International is everywhere else in the world. Pez International will come up with these really cool ideas. They'd send them to the U.S. and they'd say, eh, it sucks. One of the things that they ended up getting was this thing they called the Bubble Boy, who was, I guess they only had like, they said at this point, like 20 ever made. And it was the brainchild of the guy who ran Pez USA. They ended up saying, that nah, sucks. We're not going to do it. But then internationally, they still made a couple copies. And uh, Steve Glue's son actually was gifted one of these. Someone actually offered him 1200 bucks on the spot for this one yeah. Pez. And he's like, yeah, dude, I'm going to take it. It was a gift. I didn't cost me anything. So the other thing that was interesting to me is that legally he cannot sell or you could, you could resell them as a collectors, but the Pez guys hated collectors because it was like, they're undercutting what they're doing and they're giving a value, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of what you see in ticket scalpers and record collectors jumping in on limited releases and stuff like that. And the, the manufacturers in the U S are like this, this guy, this guy, we got to stop this guy. So, but the reason that he was able to go into Eastern Europe and bring back thousands and thousands and thousands of Pez at a time 
was because Pez USA's lawyers did not register their trademark with Customs. Borders, Border Patrol. Yeah. And so, and the first trip they come back, Border Patrol takes <laughs> them into a room. Down. <laughs> the guy's looking through all these, and he Thousands goes, of Pez. you know what? If they're so stupid, <laughs> they cannot file this trademark with us at the border. Go for it. Go for You're it. You're in, buddy. Do it. And that's exactly <laughs> what he did. And he made thousands and He's thousands of dollars. He's this hillbilly guy going over to Eastern Europe and, and just cutting deals, man. Supposedly getting in with one of the execs over there. And yeah, there was some hustles, shady. It sounded like some stuff. side hustles. They had him on the on the thing, and he he was like, nah, I don't know. Man, All right, you don't know sketchy, me. You don't know dude. me. Yeah, it was sketchy. If someone ever says that to you, you don't know me. Uh, we'll get to more about the Pez Outlaw next Dark Side of the Stream on 104.7 The Cave. Turn Jay Stevens back in the studio, episode 122, Dark Side of the Stream, discussing the Pez Outlaw in length. Uh, again, he at one point, he being Steve Glue, says uh, when they're talking about his wife, because obviously at one point the the, the rug got thrown out for underneath of him. Um, um, none of the Euro Eastern European guys would sell to him anymore because they were getting pressure from the Pez USA guys saying, hey, this guy's screwing with crazy, us. Man. Stop. He wouldn't let him near any studio or studio. He wouldn't let him in any near factory. The execs who were his friends all of a sudden pretended like they didn't know him because it was their livelihood. And, you know, that is what it is. So then at that point, he comes back and he just starts taking care of his wife, who uh, I guess what started having symptoms of Parkinson's, which is unfortunate. And it was really that was the hard part because it was just like you could see it in his eyes that yeah. he kind of realized he needed to grow up and be a man for her because she let him do what he wanted as far as these schemes, these little things that he wanted to do because she knew, and she said it, he was like a horse and her being a, a horse trainer and uh, a rider and all that stuff. She goes, you can't, the more you bring them in, the more they resist. Yeah, so you kind of have to flow with it. That was a really good way to put it. And it really is a good I mean, it was amazing story. that he came from this, basically a little farm town nobody to like an international smuggler yeah he still goes to pest conventions now he's a um, legend um uh, the last part of this i thought was just so brilliant was and he he definitely kind of screwed himself in this he regard did, he did, he did. but uh, so after the after the uh pez guys get all the eastern european connections to cut him off he's like you know what screw it i'll just pay for them to, to manufacture my own yeah Pez usas aren't doing these so he does starts doing all these like off colors like the skull Pez USA would do colors. a white. He does a black version, different colors, clear versions, like all these kind of basically just changing it a little bit. Um, Puts and, all his yeah, eggs in that basket. Gets about half a million dollars and makes ends up making about half of that back. So he's about dead about making bootleg pegs. Really, making, Pez really yeah, is what he's doing. They called him the misfits, and they said that at one convention he's out there at a table. I mean, that took some balls. See, that's the thing. Like the the Pez guys were at like, at that Look, point, you're scamming, yeah, like, for sure, and right in front of them. Like it's like if you tried to set up a booth at a concert to sell bootleg ACDC yeah. shirts. Yeah, like you see concert. those guys on the corner. At, They're yeah, out there selling the half price, lot, but like yeah. right inside the show. But if you like have the balls to go into the show and do yeah. it, they're going to shut you down like that. I mean, yeah. it can't do a whole lot about that. And again, did. if it's a couple hundred, man, a big deal. When you're talking about like half a million dollars, yeah, worth he of went product, all in, man. It was it definitely had some balls, and they ended up, you know, getting him. They ended up getting him. And uh, he ended up losing like 250000 on this thing. But uh, by all accounts, they got a house. He put his kids through college yeah, he... and was able to do something off of something that is just so bizarre. That Great, it, great yeah, story, man. It was a great story. It was a, a very interesting guy. Props to his family and his kids. I mean, yes, was he riding the line legality and all that Big stuff? A hundred and ten percent. 
Um, was it an interesting story? Yes. He's lucky he didn't get sued, but the Pez guys didn't want to go through that. So they, they got him where it hurt and got his money. And then in the end they won because he stopped doing it. But now he goes to conventions. Now he does signs uh, autographs and signs <laughs> autographs. He started a blog telling the, the story. Pez outlaw. The documentary of course was made following that. And I thought it was a really cool story. They, they had that one guy at the very beginning of the documentary for Eastern Europe talking about calling him a loser and is like, you're just making a documentary about a loser. This yeah. is so stupid, yeah, right? But it's like, what are you? What are you doing? What are you? He's you won't even shed, like, He's got, got this, shed yeah, out this attic where you got shed. this hidden, hidden, crazy off-brand pest stuff that you're doing the same thing he was doing, but just not on That's the same so scale. Wacky, and it's like, what, what do you? What, what do you mean? He's world. a loser, but you're not. Come on, dude. What are you talking about? What a wacky world. Uh, it's just the the collecting scene, whether it's baseball cards or Pez or records, it's wild. And we will give it our reviews and our, I guess, how many Pez dispensers next uh, as far as what we thought about this documentary on Dark Side of the Stream on 104.7 The Cave. 104.7 The Cave, Mike, the intern, Jay Stevens, back in the studio one more time to discuss the Pez Outlaw on episode 122. How many Pez dispensers would you give? I give it four bootleg Pez dispensers. Hell yeah. Four misfit Pez dispensers all day. It was a phenomenal story. It was quick. I thought the reenactments were done well. The story is And he was an interesting character. I mean, you gotta love a guy like that. You could literally tell the story in five minutes if you wanted to, but I thought the producers did such a good job. It didn't seem stretched out to me at all. Some of these do. This was great. It was a nice, easy watch. My kid watched it with me. She thought it was great. So good. Uh, I actually did collect Pez um, as a kid. I had a huge collection of all kinds of stuff, but then as I grew up, I was like, eh. The only thing I held on to was a Star Trek original series set Mm. of all the star trek characters in pez and i think that's in my office somewhere but uh, that's all i ever held on to um but um you know because records had to take the place uh as always um hit us up with your suggestions for what we should watch next week in dark side of the stream i've already picked because it is my turn and we're going to discuss the documentary on netflix called gunther's millions it tells the story about a dog who's a millionaire Right, perfect. And in the world of capitalism, that is the way it is. But yeah. it sucks when you see families and children struggling so hard to have a roof over their head and feed themselves. When you got this dog, that's literally got Just millions. Fun. Of Just dollars. fun puppy, <laughs> unbelievable. So we're going to discuss that next week. Dark side of the stream. Meet us back here every Thursday at 9 a.m. or 6 p.m. on Jay's show. You can stream it live, Facebook Live, every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. or on YouTube. As always, I'm Mike, the intern. This is Jay Stevens reminding you we we watch watch documentaries so you you don't don't have have to. to. It's Dark Side of the Stream on 104.7 The Cave.